on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They're looking at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you back. We didn't have you yesterday. You were doing some baseball things. So we're glad you're back in the fold today. Hope uh, everybody's getting ready for another season of Comets Hockey out there and ready for the crunch to uh, defend the Galaxy Cup against you and all the great things. This is, man, this is just, I love October. I love October. We got baseball playoffs. We got football in full swing. We got hockey dropping the puck tomorrow. We got hoops just around the corner. This is what April and October, like that run in April when it's the Masters and right on the tail of March Madness and baseball starting and the NBA and NHL playoffs and the NFL draft. That's I would probably slot that as my favorite, but this is right there. Weather's turning, it's chilly, it's postseason weather. We're wearing plaid around here. It's plaid Tuesday. Let's go. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you today. Let's get it. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Uh, the text line is 2880644. If you'd like to participate and fire off some hot takes. That's hot. Throughout, you are welcome to do so. We've got two guests that will join us today, one right here in this hour. Our friend Seth Everett, you hear him on the post-game show following Syracuse football games right here on ESPN Syracuse. He's also our MLB insider, so we'll have a nice uh, double sandwich there, SU football plus baseball. Look, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Everett better not bum me out today with his baseballs and crisis nonsense. It's the postseason, all right? I want to talk baseball and the playoffs and how the Red Sox will march triumphantly to a World Series title, which I'm a little nervous about in a couple ways. I do not want the Red Sox to play the A's. I can tell you that right now. So we will discuss that, a little SU football. Seth Everett right here this hour. We will also talk to Mike McAllister at 5.05. Syracuse basketball picks up its second commit of the class of 2019, a 6.11 three-star center prospect who just visited Syracuse this past weekend. So we will learn all about him, the latest on the Syracuse football recruiting front, and, of course, we'll talk some Syracuse football with our buddy Mike McAllister from CuseNation.com. Coming up, it is Top 5 Tuesday. Fire up the voice, guy. Number one. Let's do it. 
Top five teams in both the National Football League and college football. Hot takes to come. But you know where I want to start today? I want to start with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and how Kansas City is doing it right, how Kansas City is doing it right by kind of kicking it old school, how Kansas City is a team that if things play out the way they could, and Kansas City has been apt to have these hot starts and fade. Andy Reid is still Andy Reid in certain time management situations and other things that I think you've got to be aware of. But I'm watching this game last night, and I am watching Patrick Mahomes do things with both his left and his right hand. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes look off safeties, look like a veteran out there, scramble around to extend plays, lead his team on a comeback in Denver, in Mile High on Monday Night Football. And I'm thinking to myself, while it is only week five going into, and again, it's early October, there's a long season to go, defenses tend to catch up quickly in the National Football League. I'm thinking to myself, someone did it right here. Someone had the luxury to do this the way it needs to be done, even in a society, even in a professional sports world, where it is now, 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 instant gratification, development, patience, and those things that used to exist in football no longer exist. The Kansas City Chiefs found a way to do it. The Kansas City Chiefs sat Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith a year ago. And remember, there was a good seven, eight-week run there where Alex Smith could have been the MVP of the NFL last year. MVP of the league, rock-solid NFL quarterback, and somebody that a lot of teams would take right now as their starting quarterback. Alex Smith is the safe play. Alex Smith is a guy who's never going to excite you with his arm. He's never going to give you the the tingling feeling on the back of your neck watching him run around, make amazing plays like a Mahomes did last night. Like, you know, go through him, Aaron Rodgers and, and the more exciting players, the Brett Favre's back in the day who you're just tinkering on the edge there of no, 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 yes kind of thing, right? Alex Smith would never do that. Alex Smith... Game manager is an insult to Alex Smith. He's just a rock-solid quarterback who doesn't throw a lot of picks, leads your team, and everybody would take. But what it takes in the NFL today is a combination of a smart quarterback, a guy that's got some guts, a little moxie, a little mobility, that will take a chance, that has a coach that will you know, put the talent around him and utilize his talents as best he can. And I'm watching Patrick Mahomes last night, and... Not only am I thinking, gee, there was a football team that had that 10th overall pick that he was taken with by the Kansas City Chiefs, and they traded that pick and ended up with a few franchise players on their team, including an all-pro cornerback, and got the draft picks to later pick a linebacker and a quarterback with that pick. But I'm thinking, wow, that team traded that pick away, and Kansas City moved in, got Patrick Mahomes, and boy, who is that team? that uh, let that guy go. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up. Oh, it's that team. So anyway, you know, moving right along, because let's not bring up that memory. Just another in a long list of players. The bills either fell short of picking, didn't have the opportunity to pick, or had curious draft moves. Also, Doug Whaley is no longer the general manager of this team, but, you know, 
That's ancient history. <laughs> we got Josh Allen. It's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be all right. But no, I'm watching this guy do his thing, and I'm thinking. So, he sat for a year, and he sat behind a rock solid All Pro, everything quarterback. Alex Smith's gonna be fine with the Redskins. Alex Smith, everybody would take him. He has Travis Kelsey, one of the more reliable tight ends in football. He's got a good offensive line. He's got Tyree Kill. And you say to yourself, well, he's got the weapons he needs. Josh Allen doesn't have any weapons in Buffalo, and you'd be right to say that. And Josh Rosen has limited weapons in Arizona, albeit a few more, including you know some dude named Larry Fitzgerald that will help you out there. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, even in the early run we've seen from him, he'll make some mistakes, he'll throw some picks, but he energizes his teammates. He truly makes his teammates better. There's a charge. There's a spirit. You get behind that guy. People, Baker is one of those guys you love on your team, but everybody else hates him for his antics. And there's just something about that moxie that he brings. Okay. Who'd I leave out of the rookie quarterback discussion? I'm missing one here. So we have Rosen, check. Baker, check. Josh Allen, check. Oh, Sam Darnold with the Jets, who, listen, I think Sam Darnold's going to be fine. It's the Jets. You've got to go through a little bit of growing pains. I don't think Todd Bowles is the long-term answer there. But, see, that's just the thing. Like, Josh Allen is clearly the most talented player on that offense, not named LaShawn McCoy. They've got to put weapons around him and make that offensive line better. Rosen is in a developing situation in Arizona. Baker Mayfield, look, Cleveland, you can make a strong case – could be a 4-0 football team. And Baker's the answer. They thought they had their Alex Smith to develop him, the safe answer, the guy that would just kind of lead the way, don't turn the ball over a lot, and you can sit there and watch and absorb and learn. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor got hurt, and Tyrod Taylor certainly was not uh, long to be the starter there, the way things were developing with Baker Mayfield behind him. But how fortunate that Kansas City is that they got to sit this guy. Because you just have to watch sometimes. And I get that. You don't have that luxury in the NFL. You're a quarterback needy team. There's not a lot of quarterbacks to go around that could bridge that gap. Kansas City had one where they could do it. But there's something about watching, learning, absorbing, because I saw all those little things last night. Now, what draws people in with Patrick Mahomes is the gun. And I get that. This guy is Uncle Rico. He can throw it over them mountains. He can throw it 65 yards near effortlessly. So he has the gun. He has the mobility. He has the guts. But again, what I'm noticing, you know, let's football nerd out a little bit here. Denver's in a cover two, and Patrick Mahomes finds the soft spot in the cover two, but he looked off another receiver first and moved the safety just enough to get that ball into there. He knows where Travis Kelsey's going to be before Travis Kelsey knows where he's going to be. They utilize Tyree Kill as well as anybody in football. Tyree Kill runs the pre-snap route unlike anybody in football. The way the – like Jason Witten was – I think he was sweating – from absorbing this tonight, uh, absorbing this last night and just over the moon about it. Uh, side observation, by the way, as I was texting Seth, my 
frustrations here, and I am going to get electric shocks from Bristol for saying this, but I've got to say it. I can't do Joe Tessitore. Every play is the greatest play in football. He's just, you know what I think of when I, I hear Tess call a game? He's just such a bro. It's the deep voice, and every play is big. And hey, man, Jason, how about that football play right there? Just like you're such a phony. That's neither here nor there. I kind of have to mute Tessator, but that's just—I just had to get that out there. I love watching Monday Night Football, but then they got Booger up in this crane for some reason. Like, what? What is happening here? Can I just watch a football game? Anyway, anyway, it's neither here nor there. I just had to get that off my chest. But the observation that Witten made was an apt one. Nobody else in football runs these pre-snap routes like Tyree Kill. So you got defenses trying to keep their eye on him. You got Travis Kelsey over here. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is doing the little things. The footwork is good. He's looking off corners and safeties. He's not rushing things when he has to make plays out of nowhere. When he has to be a mobile quarterback, he obviously can do that. We saw it last night, the left-handed play. Talent is one thing, but learning your craft is another. Patrick Mahomes was a guy that needed to do that. You can make the case that every young quarterback in football that's out there, and all four of the top draftees, and Lamar Jackson's playing, so you can loop him into the conversation somewhat, though he's not the starter in Baltimore, and Joe Flacco is actually looking pretty good so far. We knew they'd all play. Would they all play by week five? You know what, that's not such a huge say either, but Mahomes had time. Mahomes had the luxury of time, observation, a good team around him, a great quarterback coach. Say all you want about Andy Reid. If I'm picking a quarterback, or pardon me, if I'm picking a coach in the NFL to develop a quarterback, he is at the top of my list. And now you're seeing the fruits of it. I picked the L.A. Rams, Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl this year. And they are clearly the top two teams in football. So clearly the curse of the Axeman will strike at some point here, and they'll both go on crippling losing streaks. But for now, that prediction's looking pretty good. For now, it's the same thing. Jared Goff didn't get to sit as long as Mahomes, but he got to sit enough. By the way, and I can't go too long here because... We've got Seth Everett coming up. i got to get to our buddy Lee Baldwin here in a second. And you know what happens when I say the name Jeff Fisher. Okay, my blood gets boiling. But again, proof that Jeff Fisher is one of the great frauds in the history of football. Jeff Fisher buried Jared Goff. Wanted nothing to do with Jared Goff. Went out of his way to make his life uncomfortable. Made it known how he didn't want that guy. And then Sean McVay comes in, and Jared Goff might be the MVP of the league this year if Patrick Mahomes doesn't take it from him. So once again, Jeff Fisher needs to be charged with a crime for stealing money from the National Football League for as long as he did. Now, I better cut myself off there before this really goes off the rails. Somebody save me. Let's talk to our buddy Lee Baldwin. He's ready to go. He's got some diamonds and some dogs. I'll tell you, as a dog, Jeff Fisher, that's who. Stop, Brent. Brent, stop, stop. Keep it on track. Okay. Whew. Deep breath. Whew. You know what happens when I talk about Jeff Fisher? Just, it's like, you know, banner turning into the Hulk kind of thing. 
So we got Seth Ever coming up. We'll combo a little baseball and SU football talk with him. We've got Mike McAllister, top of the five. We'll learn all about Syracuse's new basketball recruit today. So much to get into on this Tuesday edition on the block. Let's get him, though. Diamonds and dogs from our buddy Lee Baldwin, LeeBaldwin.com. Lee, how you doing, pal? I'm doing good. Doing good. So, so what's uh, happening out there? I see Elon Musk is in trouble again. I, I, I think every day Tesla should just be a dog, like until <laughs> until something knocks them off the board. Like they're a perennial dog in, in this conversation. Yeah, but it was up 43 bucks yesterday, Come on, so we seriously? can't do it every day. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, see, that's that's why I lean on you for these things. But, I, you know, I am a numbers guy, you know, and we were talking like for three hours in the trading desk today about Chris Davis. Did you know what he did? No, I did not. He bet at 247 for four consecutive years. That's just That's insane. That is you couldn't you couldn't write that out if you sat around a room for three hours and tried to think of something like that. Yeah, especially with the brain trust here. So (laughs) That's incredible. What a stat. Our diamond today, we're gonna go with a local stock paychecks out of Rochester up two percent. Nice. Uh, very solid earnings today. And our dog of the day is uh, Pepsi Cola a uh, beverage maker fell almost two bucks a share after they reported earnings. So uh, they've got a new CEO starting tomorrow. So maybe you can put some pop back in that stuff. Oh, that's my oh, man go. right hey. there. I love it. You guys thought of that in your three-hour meeting, too, didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, we did. Fantastic. <laughs> thanks, Lee. We'll talk right. tomorrow, buddy. Yep, thanks. thanks. Lee Baldwin, LeeBaldwin.com, Diamonds and Dogs. Love getting that stock advice. See, I think Tesla's down. He is here to remind me they're up again. That's why we lean on Lee to tell us what's really happening. Let's take a break. We'll talk some baseball playoffs. We'll talk some Syracuse football next. Seth Everett joining the program. Always look forward to that. Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Adams. Oh, Jesse. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. I love it when the 80s bump comes through. Lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make a mind. I mean, you just you just gotta let it roll. You just gotta get there, right? Oh, don't we all? Are we talking about Jesse from Full House? I think I'll just play music. Take a break from talking that sports. You know, I feel so All right, let's do it. Hit me with that fancy open. I got takes. They're warm. They're ready to come out of the oven. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Have mercy. All right, that's it. Cut it out with the full house takes. All right, can we stop with that? You got it, dude. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I pushed it just one joke too far. It was a little too far. I apologize. I'll cut it out for now. Uh, listen, you know who's got to cut out his antics? according to the Pittsburgh Steelers, is Le'Veon Bell. So is this a deal you take if you're Mike Tomlin, who I think has lost control of that Pittsburgh Steelers team? There was an amazing feature ESPN did this weekend about Mike Tomlin traveling to the Dominican Republic in his efforts to curb human trafficking, amongst other things. That's great. 
But meanwhile, back here at the Hall of Justice, he's losing that team. They need Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's got a plan. Is this a plan you take if you're the Steelers? ESPN is reporting that Bell wants to return to the Steelers before their Week 8 game against Cleveland. This will allow Bell to get enough time this year to become a free agent next year. The Steelers have a bye in Week 7. So he comes back. It's the bye week. Yep, they're not practicing every day. They get some time off, but he's back in the fold. He's acclimated. They can game plan. They can know he's back against Cleveland, which, again, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm like, okay, that's great. Why am I announcing to Cleveland you're going to be back and give them extra time to prepare for you? We kind of want to slip that in there at the last minute, but that's neither here nor there. Le'Veon Bell has made it clear. He did not want to get overworked this year. Wanted to preserve his body. Says he's in great football shape. He has to play in order to be a free agent next year. He has to return by a certain date. I believe it's week 11. Then it gets really complicated if he doesn't. The Steelers need Le'Veon Bell. The Monday night game before that where they barely squeezed out that win over Ryan Fitzmagic and the Tampa Bay Bucks. they need Le'Veon Bell. They do. So you always ask yourself the same question in these situations. Who has the leverage? I think Le'Veon Bell's got the leverage here. Because the more the Steelers go along here, the more people are pointing fingers. And we're going to talk to our buddy Anthony Filipponi later this week and preview the Syracuse-Pittsburgh game mostly. But, look, he's in Pittsburgh. We should ask him a question or two about the Steelers. I'm curious what they're saying in Pittsburgh about this Le'Veon Bell thing. Who's got the leverage? Bell knew he was going to be made a free agent. See, this is where conversations get interesting, and I'm going to weave the Kelly Bryant thing into this conversation, kind of a combo hot take, two-for-one special, right? So Hunter Renfro who has been at Clemson for approximately 17 years, is frustrated about this new redshirt rule that led to Kelly Bryant's transfer. Quote, I don't like having to worry about that. Now week four, every year is going to be the trade deadline and everyone's going to make decisions. I don't like that part of it. When you commit to a school, when you commit to a team, that's your team, right? Renfro says he isn't angry with Bryant, but that he wouldn't have made the same decision. Quote, it's what's best for him. So I like that he balanced that out. But see, the thing is, why make a commitment to a team that's not making a commitment to you? All's fair in love and war. Kelly Bryant got beat out by Trevor Lawrence. He wants to go somewhere else and play because he can play. The guy's been in two national championship games. He's one of the better quarterbacks in college football. The old rules did not allow him to change. This is where people talk about loyalty and commitment. It's like, well, where's the commitment to him? Yes, it's football and you got beat out and that's part of the game, but now you have an option. To say, okay, how is it affecting the team? That he's not going to back up Trevor Lawrence, who got knocked out of the Syracuse game. But it's Clemson. Chase Bryce came in and looked fine. Chase Bryce was one of the top 10 recruited quarterbacks in terms of pocket quarterbacks in the country. That's how deep, that's how rich Clemson is. Now let's look at Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers were going to run him into the ground kind of, sort of, maybe the intention to give him a new contract, but I think we all know, given how the Steelers have done business in the past with free agents, that they were going to let him go like yesterday's donuts. Le'Veon Bell saying, I'm taking matters into my own hands, knowing you're going to get rid of me, knowing how to play the system, knowing I got a little leverage, and do what's best for me. Is it selfish? Yes, it is selfish, but sometimes you need to be selfish. 
in a dog-eat-dog. Oh, boy. I just now, sorry, I have to do it. I know I said I would stop with the 80s television show references, but Norm, how you doing, Norm? That's a dog-eat-dog world, Sam, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Listen, dog-eat-dog came up. I, I had to do it. I'm sorry. It's, I should have apologized ahead of time for that. It just it had to be done. Anyway, back over here. I don't have an issue with what Bell's doing. I don't have an issue with what Kelly Bryant's doing. Players, and I know they're different circumstances. One's you're a professional, it's the National Football League. You sign a contract, you're expected to be doing certain things. But no league chews up and spits out free agents like the National Football League. It's all about what guaranteed money you can get, and still, those contracts are nowhere near what NBA and baseball contracts are. Kelly Bryant, there's a new rule. He was benched before the deadline. He knows he can go somewhere else and help a team. He has been told by his current team, we don't want you anymore. You're not good enough to start here. Thanks for the memories. I don't have an issue with that. Why is Hunter Renfro worrying about this, by the way? You know why Hunter Renfro is worrying about this? That's hot. Because despite the fact he's been at Clemson for 17 years, he's got like 14 more to go. <laughs> a lot of people go to school for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. All the references today. I'm sorry. I just, I, I watched too much TV as a kid. What do you want me to tell you? Anyway, what else we got? Oh, yeah. Hey, remember that whole college basketball FBI? Rick Pitino kind of reminded of it, you know, when he was, here last week talking to the Syracuse basketball team for some reason, which we'll just kind of let that lie for now. But, oh, boy, this is getting pretty juicy now. So in case you didn't see this, college basketball's FBI trial is underway. Jim Gatto from Adidas, his attorney, gave an opening statement in which he said that Dennis Smith Jr.'s family was paid $40,000 during his time at NC State. Under Armour paid $20,000 to Silvio de Sosa, even though he didn't go to an Under Armour school, but Adidas paid when he was at Kansas. Maryland and Arizona offered Nasir Little $150,000. He's a Carolina. And Gatto was involved in a subsequent discussion about matching that offer for Little to go to Miami. So I think we all knew there's money changing hands here. There's a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge side deals going on. The question is, how much do the head coaches know? How much did Patino know? He claims he doesn't. He will go to his grave claiming that. He's written books about it. He'll tell anybody who will listen. I didn't do this. I didn't know. I didn't order it. Sean Miller was caught in that crosshair. Same thing. Other assistant coaches and a lot of people that are on this list, not so lucky. So what comes out of this? Because here you're Jim Gatto. An Adidas representative who, much like we're seeing on the politics scale with the Michael Cohens of the world, the Paul Manaforts of the world, when push comes to shove, you got to save your own keister. So what is he willing to say about the underbelly of college basketball to save his own hide? And what will that expose? What names will be called to testify? Things happen in trials. Things come out in legal situations. And the legal system in this country moves at a snail's pace in some cases, as we well know. Because there's more trials coming. Tony Bland, of course, who used to play here, assistant coach at USC, caught up in this whole thing. His trial's not till I think, next spring. So this is a slow drip. And 
slow drips, methodical things, detailed court papers and trials. It doesn't work in society today. Like, I wonder how even the OJ trial would be covered now because we were obsessed with that as a country. That was 20 years ago, plus before social media and the, you know, it's not the 24-hour news cycle, it's the 24-minute news cycle these days. But that's one to keep an eye on because a lot of people said, like, well, whatever happened to that FBI thing? College basketball, that went away. Now, see, it kind of didn't. They only kind of peek their head up once in a while and, and give you updates on these things, but that's why it's an investigation, right? So that didn't go anywhere, kids. That still could bring out a lot of interesting things about the world of college basketball. But I ask you a year later. That's hot. How much has really changed? Have kids who could care less about NCAA rules stopped asking for money, stopped asking for benefits, stopped asking for certain advantages to be in the realm? Are agents going to stop chasing the high-profile prospects that are clearly going to be one and dones now? And then when the rule changes, you know, we'll see how that shakes up the landscape of college basketball. But to go back to an old phrase, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I'm pretty sure nothing's changed, despite all the headlines and everything we heard last year. I'm pretty sure nothing's changed. I could be wrong. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Let's break on that note. We've got Mike McAllister coming up top of the hour. Speaking of college basketball, let's transition from the world of corruption to the world of recruiting, which sometimes are tied into itself. But in this case, we hope not, because Syracuse got a new commitment, and he's a 6'11 commitment. He visited this weekend. What kind of player... Are the Orange getting here? The second commitment in the class of 2019. Mike McAllister will update us on that. Football, not only on the field, Syracuse's four and one start going into the pit game this weekend, but anything on the football recruiting front we got to know about. Joe Girard has set a deadline. Anything new on that front? A lot to get into with Mike McAllister coming up. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye bye.